This episode of The Chicken Nick Show is brought to you by Dundee Bank. More than 400 local businesses received some small business assistance through Dundee Bank. They helped throughout the pandemic, and they're here to help you today. It's Dundee Bank. They're part of the community, a local bank. They're essentially extended family or even a business partner. Open an account with them today. Check them out online, dundeebanking.com. Dundee Bank, member FDIC. Uh, you saw the reports earlier that there is an active investigation uh, with our football program. We will continue to comply uh, as we have done, and unfortunately, we're not going to be able to share a whole lot of details while it's an ongoing investigation. Is it, is it one investigation or is there multiple investigations? Ah, you're pretty good at asking questions, aren't you? I really wanted Trev's response to SIP to be, actually, it's more like seven or eight investigation. <laughs> just just be way, like he's Jim Carrey and liar, 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 and he's like, dang it, you had to ask me that, and I cannot lie. I have to tell you exactly what's going on. Oh, but that, what a week. Well, I mean, holy moly, man. It's the beauty and the beast of doing a pod once a week. I mean, crikey.com. Dealwithit.com. It's tough when a big juicy story breaks midweek. And uh, yeah, I mean, lots happened since last last weekend. You know what I'm saying, brother? One of the great tweets that we got was from Andy Mixon, who tweeted this moments after Trev Alberts and Scott Frost ah! left the media. And, and it's a picture of Trev looking over at Scott. And the tweet says this. Scott, you're pretty good at getting NCAA infractions, aren't you? Wow, you're pretty good at asking questions, aren't you? <laughs> it was the tweet of the week. It was really well done. And then we also got... <laughs> we also got this from Nate, who said, I wonder when the NCAA officials... Uh, showed up at Nebraska if Scott Frost was like, your wife is in me DMs. Your wife is in me DMs. <laughs> Just screaming at the NCAA. Oh, man, I tell you. Look at Trev. Already multiple drops, multiple applications into the pod. This is great. This is good. Oh, it's good. good. I mean, what the heck, Matt? So, you know, we're supposed to be well, talking. What it, are we going to talk about here? It's a lot of things. Well, we got to get – there's a few things we have to do. One, we'll hit on that. Two, we'll get onto the uh, the season, and this is like the preview pod for the season. So maybe we'll make a, a prediction of some sort. And then we used to do songs for the season. Yeah, we did. And things are a little more ch- challenging with you and I separate – and here's the here's the thing. We used to do a joint song together, and then we kind of realized that one of the fun things about you and I doing uh, songs is that sometimes it's almost more enjoyable when you go your separate ways and then come together and say, okay, I've got my song, you've got your song, let's play them, and let's put it on a pole or just have fun with it and just see, <laughs> see what people enjoy. I know. I, even though... 
don't get me wrong. I had a ton of I've had a ton of fun collaborating with you on multiple occasions. I I feel like the peak of our parodies might have been the Tim Miles parodies where we each did one and the Jim Tressel parodies where we each did one. Like it just it gives it allows four different angles at at attacking the same thing, you know? Like it just it's good. I love it. If you go on YouTube, you can search uh, Terrell Pryor parodies. I think you can the Tim Miles parodies I believe are on there. I hope so. It'd be a shame. YouTube, we really really have a chance for not lasting if the Tim Miles parodies aren't on there. But um, you, we'll get to our songs here in a minute. Ah, no! A little bit later on. But, um, we'll, we'll, and we'll get into how those were put together, and we'll have those for you, and I think you're really going to enjoy them. Well, so here, no, here's the thing. If, 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 we, if we put it to a poll right now, would you rather listen to us talk about the Nebraska sanctions and what we think of them and what we think of the season or just play the parodies? I think it'd be a landslide for the parodies, but I guess we're going to build good cum and we're going to make them win. <laughs> going to have a lot of TSL. Um, radio, radio lingo for you peeps out there. Very good. Time yeah. spent listening. Thank you very much. I want to get to <laughs> first. I would like to read this email because people are just really, uh, I don't know if they're upset with us or what, but there's no doubt that there's no doubt that our show is infiltrating the way that people speak to each other. And I don't, I don't really know what else to say about it, Yeah, but here's a couple of things here. This is from uh, Scott who lives in South Dakota, Dakota dunes. He says, I usually listen to your pod on Monday nights, and after the show, I tend to wear out that week's drop during the next week. I find all of it funny, but my family has become annoyed of the show. (laughs) However, I think they don't realize that they do love it. Example one. Last week, I was watching TV, eating some chips and salsa. Nine-year-old daughter walks by and says, is that salsa? I said, yes, it is. She says, did it explode all over your chest? I open up some salsa, explodes all over my chest. <laughs> good. It's a good sign. That kid's on the right track. That kid is destined for big things. Okay. This one. Example two. <laughs> <laughs> Example two. Ten-year-old son in the car says, Dad, next time we drive through Omaha, we should stop at the beanery and take a picture. Cue nine-year-old daughter. Over here on our right with uh, Paul here. Over here on our right with uh, Paul here. Whoa. Nine-year-old, da- nine-year-old daughter saying that. I'm all in right. on this girl's future and potential at this point. <laughs> all in on it. Okay. And then we had this one. This is example three. Discussing my son's football schedule with him. I ask, who do you guys play the first game? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Ten-year-old son, I think it's, well, I don't remember. And then goes into, I forget the name of the team. I apologize. Hey, Chris. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. What do you got? Okay, I was thinking it was uh, Montana, and I was thinking, I want to say it was like Idaho or Idaho State. I forget which one it was. It was one of the non-conference games. I forget the name of the team. I apologize. No, it wasn't Montana. It was Wyoming. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> he says, keep up the great work, guys. Always funny stuff. Uh, Scott 
in Dakota Dunes. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man. So there's a lot of good uh, good things there. I just I want to get I've ever heard. I don't think I've ever heard. I apologize and not just felt a little bit better about my life. You know, each time I hear it, it's 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 yet to lose its luster on 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 my soul. There's a lot of uh, a lot of really good things uh, about that. There's a lot of Uncle Joe takeovers oh, yeah. that continue to happen here, and I don't. <laughs> I mean, I'm not really sure what to do about it, but there's a lot of someone puts a, on the <laughs> on the on the menu. There's a picture of a menu of a place, a bar that has, and the title says "All the Drinks, All the Sports." Uh, Jeff says, I didn't highlight this, but even Pinterest recipes listen to you guys. It says, you will need to apply a generous layer enough to coat all the breading. All the sports. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to tell you, Rudy T and Uncle Joe, all the sports. If we did the drop-off tournament right now, that'd be a Mm. sneak. I don't know if it'd be a one seed. Maybe it would be. But that, that's a job you don't want to see right now. Talk. I want to thank my Uncle Joe for teaching me all the sports. All the sports. And then there was a uh, tweet here from Dan, <laughs> because Mitch said, Mitch Sherman tweets, no additional context to report on this, but University of Nebraska Lincoln Chancellor Ronnie Green just walked out of North Stadium, North Side of Memorial Stadium and drove away. Okay. <laughs> This is during the travel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Scott Frost News Conference. Austin responds to Mitch saying, Might North Stadium be revisited? <laughs> Might that topic be revisited? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and, then, oh. and then Dan says, now, 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 let me let me just play a little hypothetical here for you. Let's just say he gets in his car to drive away, and he is successful in doing that. Now, 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 let me let me just play a little hypothetical here okay. for you. So, and I'm I I thought about this a lot. So we go down the road, and the ACC and the Big Twelve and the SEC move forward, and they are successful in doing it. Oh, all right. So oh. enough of the Ronnie Green, Rudy T. Ronnie Rudy. It's just absolutely killing us. Oh, it's All so right. good, though. It's so good. But that takes us back to uh, what happened at Memorial Stadium. And uh, look, there's obviously some uh, someone out to get you. You hope it's not within the stadium. You're within the athletic department. It's probably not. You would hope not. You hope it's the dude who was fired. Rutledge? Rutledge. Laura's uncle. Yeah. You hope it's him, our <laughs> uh, brother-in-law. But um, who the heck knows? But I think the bottom line is, and I talked to uh, Steve Sippel on the, the Big Ten channel earlier in the week. Uh, we interviewed him. Nice. And he Was he at Applebee's or Chili's when he took that interview? <laughs> running backs. Running. I like a running back. Uh, it's hard telling a jack in the box. It's hard telling in the press box. <laughs> All right. Okay, I'm sorry. Now, what did Sip but, say? But he big, I think word. Sip's got his conspiracy theory hat. I mean, he's thinking it's a – I think he thinks it's it's a sabotage. It's a Beastie Boys song. Oh, okay. Could be. Sabotage. All yeah. right. Could be. Could be. Um, But he used the word vulnerable. Scott Frost is vulnerable 
right now. And that's very true, right? Like, if you're winning games, this isn't really happening. It's probably not. No, no and doubt. If it, and if it does, no one cares, right? Yeah, yeah. But it reminds me of, like, when you know, when things were going bad and people started leaking about how bad Steve Peterson was as a boss, right? Mm-hmm. Those things get leaked. Why? Because the program was crumbling, right? So what do you have? Three straight losing seasons? Oh, it's time to tell people how bad Scott Frost is or someone is leaking that information to, you know, go against the program, whatever that might be. Yeah. Not, not a big deal, but it just is in addition to everything going on when the whole point of this whole time is to get out of the headlines and get into the win column, Nebraska's in the headlines again. Totally. I mean, I think that's what it's, it, it is one. It's the classic thing that if they, if Nebraska were winning, it's worth saying it. If Nebraska were winning, this gets met with a shoulder shrug. I don't even know if it gets more than a second of thought. But context, timing, and track record track record matter, right? Like Frost is twelve and twenty. He has had a winning season. And what I think, I mean, I think it's just as simple as like if you just imagine a T chart, and on one side it's like good and proud moments during the Frost era for Nebraska and bad and embarrassing moments for Nebraska during the Frost era, there just are way more bad and embarrassing moment tallies, right? And Frost needs to start adding some more into the good and proud stuff. Like, that's all this is. Like, I I, I don't think it's anything more than that. I mean, I think you have some people, Rick Neuheisel, you know, he certainly conjured up a pretty a pretty juicy conspiracy theory that someone from the inside is trying to weaken Frost and and this is a sabotage to allow them to get out of the 20 million dollar buyout by the end of the season because they'll have cause and all that stuff like I'm not ready to go there at all I uh, but I I think it's just a it's just your classic like when you are winning a lot of this stuff doesn't matter when you're losing it all matters it even goes back to what we talked about with Bo Pelini if Bo Pelini would have won a couple of conference championships, a lot of the stuff, his sideline antics, all that stuff, aren't as big of a deal. But when you lose, they become a big deal. And whether that's right or wrong, that's just the way it is. I think, uh, ironically, or oddly, when I first read the report from Brett McMurphy, the thing that jumped out at me was, I think the thing fans would have the most issue with had nothing to do with the NCAA potential violations. It was about the fact that Scott Frost was really... 1A or 1B behind getting out of the Oklahoma game. Like, to me, I read that. I go, oh, that would rub fans worse than any NCAA violation. I totally agree. I am I mean, obviously, one one is not an – like, getting out of, trying to get out of the Oklahoma game is not an NCAA violation. So I can understand how some people would point to that. But I, I'm totally with you. I, Without question, the thing that fans care more about is – who wanted to get out of that Oklahoma game? And I think it's pretty clear. And, oh, by the way, I'm not sure if you read Sam McEwen's sto- McEwen story in the Omaha World-Herald. Basically, Sam's story confirms it that Bill Moose, for lack of a better term, said, Hey, Sam, when I am long gone and back at the ranch and the right. dust settles on this, right. feel free to use this. I had nothing to do with trying to get out of the Oklahoma game. That was all Frost's idea. I had to talk him out of it. And so I I totally agree with you. I think of all the things that came out of that Brett McMurphy story, the fact that 
Frost was the one, him and Lamprick were the two guys that were the catalyst behind even pursuing getting rid of the Oklahoma game. That is the thing that bothers Husker fans way more than a, than Jonathan and, Rutledge helping out in a practice. Right. Yeah. I mean, and if, I mean, he of all people should understand what that game means and the rival and, and what that game of the century and the anniversary and all of that means. And I was wrong when it first came out in my mind, when I heard the Oklahoma story initially in my mind, I'm like, well, this has to be a Bill Moose thing. This has to be athletic department looking at how much money they'd get by another home game and saying, let's just push this back so that we can recoup some of our losses. I gave everyone the benefit of the doubt. And I was wrong. I mean, I remember putting out a tweet saying, Hey, this isn't great. The optics aren't good, but financially I get it. This was not a Bill Moose thing, right? This was a all about being able to get out of a loss and replace it with a win. And that to me is is one of those unforgivable things. And I get when Frost says, I didn't make a call about scheduling. Yeah, guess what? People didn't call that, a certain player either. They call their agent. Like there's so many, it's right. such a uh, it, nuanced take that you just shudder and go, let's just get on with the season here because this is not a good story. So, th- so again, think about all that came from that story, the, the trying to get out of the Oklahoma game. Numerous national columnists ripping Nebraska and Frost. Numerous local columnists ripping Frost. The fan base, this is, I'm not so sure, outside of the audio tape from Bo Pelini, I'm not so sure there hasn't been, maybe Steve Peter, or uh, Sean Eichhorst trying to get out of Black Friday. Remember when he tried to get out of Black Friday? But like, I'm not so sure there hasn't been a a thing that a, a coach has done that has drawn more ire from the fans than this trying to get off the out of the Oklahoma game. So I say all that to say this. If Scott Frost truly had nothing to do with it, it wasn't his idea, he had no idea this was going on, he was not in favor of this, he was just like everyone else when he heard the news, why wouldn't he say what I just said? Why wouldn't he just say, let me make it abundantly clear, I'm not going to point fingers, but all I can tell you, Husker fans, is I wanted to play Oklahoma. I respect this rivalry. I'm excited about the 50th anniversary of of the game of the century. I had nothing to do with trying to get out of this game. I want to make that abundantly clear. He hasn't said that, and all he said was a very calculated way, well, I've never made one phone call about scheduling. Okay, all right, okay. That's because other people call for you. Here's the thing. No coach is ever blindsided. If their athletic department has run well and they are in charge of the program, no head coach is ever blindsided by a football game appearing or disappearing from a schedule. Right. They're in complete control of non-conference scheduling. How are we going to do this? Oh, you like this? Yes. You like this? No. All of that. I remember one story, Dan Hawkins, Colorado. He's like, whoa, we're playing who? We signed what contract? He, it was in a live interview with a local TV station, and he didn't know that his athletic director, I think it was Bone at the time, had just signed a deal with a non-conference game, and Dan was the last to know about it. Like, that's something that's just disjointed. This is OU's on the schedule. You know it, and it's only going away if you wanted to. That's, that's how that works. It, Matt. What is this really – how how amazing of a window is this little nugget, though, into the level of dysfunction and the 
the how the real totem pole worked that Frost had reported him and Lamprick had the cojones to go above Bill Moose, not include Bill Moose in trying to move off of a game. Like if there's ever that that shows you a how much respect Scott Frost actually probably had for Bill Moose. And it also probably showed you how much he knew deep down inside this probably was not a very good idea, right? And I think it it furthers the the intrigue of now that Scott that Trev Alberts is now in charge. I think little things like even even Trev, did you see when Trev walked up to the mic at the little press conference on Wednesday morning to address the sanctions, and he turned and he told Scott where to stand? Did you see that little thing? Just like a little, like, you could just kind of see, like, who was in charge of who. But I'm just saying, like, it just, all this speaks to a power dynamic that was greatly out of whack and had no real cohesion. All I know is I couldn't imagine, based on my experiences of how well I know Dana Altman and Bruce Rasmussen and Greg McDermott and Bruce Rasmussen, that either of those guys would have ever done anything to go behind one of their behind Rass's back to do anything because there's a level of respect and there's an understood of of who's really in charge here, and I think Trev is starting to kind of balance that back. Yeah, whether whether he did it without Moose knowing or whether he did it knowing and they pushed forward knowing Moose didn't want it to be done. Right. There's still a yeah, a, a, there's a still a lack of respect. Disconnect. Yes, and a disconnect there. So it's just it's, and it and it and it takes you back to the you know the Trev Alberts of the introductory news conference when he talked about people pursuing their own agendas. Right. Like right. Like who knows who he's talking about? By right? the way. Did you think what did you think of the nugget of that Trev didn't know about the way I understood it was Trev didn't know about the investigation prior to taking the job. I I That's can kind of see heard. that I can kind of see that both ways. I uh, I can't remember who maybe it was Sam McEwen that said this, but I can understand or maybe it was Brett McMurphy that said it on 1620 on an interview that I can understand how unless you're specifically if you're Ronnie Green and Ted Carter or whoever I, unless unless an athletic director specifically asks I don't know why you would want to offer up that information to someone that hasn't signed the dotted line yet you know like so I think that's one of those things that you can now it's convenient Trev could go well how come you didn't tell me about this this these NCA this NCA investigation they could say well listen you didn't ask and you weren't signed yet we didn't want to give up that sensitive information but at the same time he can also say hey listen in the spirit of honesty and making sure that we are completely on the same page with each other I need to be briefed and know about everything now again I'm wildly talking reckless here on a podcast of speculating of who knew what and when they knew it but again I just think that's that's an, another interesting little nugget with everything that's going on it's like the the Seinfeld episode when Costanza thinks he's getting hired, and then they said, in a, but before he can make the decision, he goes, now, of course you know, and then they joke. He gets interrupted, yeah. and it's, and then Elaine tries to fill the gap. Oh, he's probably, you know, we're being investigated by this. Right. And all this. <laughs> Maybe they just didn't get around to uh, and And, <laughs> to, and, and to, be, to be hypocritical here, like, 
it's also these are such minor violations. These would be these would be secondary NCAA violations that likely wouldn't come with any sort of substantial sort of penalty at all. So, I, I mean, I think if there was something major going on, yeah, you would have to inform them. But this these are, I mean, use improper use of analysts. At, uh, at at and consultants at practices and then unauthorized workouts off campus during the pandemic. I mean, those things aren't going to be really. I mean, one's not even being investigated. So I also can understand why. I mean, listen, it was this. This didn't rise to the level of of being that severe that you needed to know about it in the interview process. I want to play this here. You understand everything immediately. I enjoy understanding. <laughs> I want you to have this job. Of course. Stu Zimmer's online, too. Great, thanks. I've got to take this call. Listen, I'm really glad that you came in. I want you to have this job. Of course. Yeah. That's it. What do you mean, that's it? He never finished the sentence. He got a call. That was the end of the interview. Of course was the last thing he said? Maybe he was going to say, of course, I have to check with my associates. I want you to have this job. Of course, the board of directors is under indictment and will be serving time. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. That's it. So, uh, yeah, it's just, it was an interesting week. And again, the season can't come here soon enough, and it does begin next weekend. So they will play Oklahoma eventually. Yeah. I can't imagine those storylines going in. I mean, it's Oklahoma, they're leaving the Big 12. It's Nebraska. They tried to leave that game, right? Like all of those things are going to be baked into that game. Fortunately for Nebraska, they are. They do get a chance to get a little ramp up, a little runway for success that Scott Frost wanted to have. It's hard to believe that 3-0 and isn't good enough. We needed to be 4-0. You haven't won three straight games since Riley, right? right? So right. you better get that win streak here. Um Look, I think we've we've talked about the the importance of of this Illinois game and what happens if they lose. My take on it for for this Saturday is if they win, they will win at least seven games. If they lose, the max is six. That's how this game is impacted, right? You win seven or eight, you lose, the best you can hope for is six. Do you see it any differently? I, I think that's a good way to put it. I think that's the perfect way to put it. I wish I had a neater, different way to to say it, but but I think that's a good way to kind of frame the importance of this game because I think because the way you phrased it too, of they win, they you know they they win, they could win seven or more, like they they could get to eight wins. But I tell you what, you lose this Illinois game, it's hard. It is kind of hard to imagine Nebraska getting to eight wins, and especially. Especially with the the context of the just the fact that the fan base like it's going to be hard. This feels like it's going to be a game that's going to be hard if Nebraska loses and doesn't look good. It just seems like it's going to be really challenging to find any sort of positive vibes. Really, until I don't know when because really just play the season out, chick. So let's say you lose to Illinois. People are really the negativity is going to ramp up. And then even if you go beat Fordham and Buffalo, you're not really going to dispel that negativity because a lot of people are just going to go, well, listen, it's Fordham and Buffalo. 
And then you, you're anyway you slice it, you're probably going to Oklahoma on September 18th, and you're getting you're getting smacked, right? Like that's probably what's going to happen. So then you're you're then heading to East Lansing on September 25th with you I mean you're you're four games in, you're a month into the season, and you just have had no positive wave of momentum and confidence and good feelings at all. And so, like you said, to circle back at the top, like it's hard to envision the season playing out to getting to seven or eight wins if you lose that first game. And so I'm totally with you. Yeah. It's an enormous, enormous game. And you go through the schedule, you know, when do they play, which teams, you go to Michigan State, and that game in East Lansing, the week before, Michigan State is at Miami, right? Miami's a preseason top 15, top 10 team, so that's not going to be an, an easy bounce back for Michigan State if they were to lose that one, I kind of feel I look at this schedule and it smells like seven and five to me. That's that's just what the season smells like. I know we did used to do a parody song, and the end was I smell ten and four. Yep. I, I smell, smell ten, 10 and four. four. Um, this smells like seven and five with a chance at six and six. Like that's that's or maybe I'm saying it backwards, but I, I feel like those are the two most likely records. Anything below that is hugely disappointing anything above that is a great springboard to the following season and and something that i think everyone's fired up about okay so do you think do you think there's a greater chance of nebraska winning getting to eight or it being five or less wins uh yeah i would say looking at the schedule it's probably greater that it's five than eight yeah that would be my guess. I, I think after six games, they're four and two. I think after the Northwestern game, they're four and two. And then they host Michigan. I think they have a legitimate shot at beating Michigan. I think Michigan's defense, I would much rather face Michigan earlier because I think they're going to get better as the season goes along with that new young coaching staff. They got 30-plus years younger just at the defensive coordinator position. From talking to the Michigan players at Big Ten Media Day, they seem very confident. Again, what does that mean? Everyone's confident in August uh, and July. But uh, you beat Michigan at home. You're 5-2. and two. You go to Minnesota. I think they lose that game. You're five and three. You beat Purdue at home. You're six and three. You lose to Ohio State. You're six and four. And then you are Wisconsin and then Iowa. I mean, there's your six and six or yeah. seven and five yeah. right there. You right. know, the best you could probably hope for is a split there with a likely 0 and 2, depending on how Iowa is. I don't think you're winning in Madison. So I would probably lean, if I had to guess, Again, because I think they beat Illinois only because I think they have to beat Illinois. Because I can't, be, you can't begin to think about what happens if they lose. You I just, know. like, it's just not a good mental space you want to be in if you're a Nebraska fan. I would predict my official prediction is seven and five. Yeah. I mean, the thing that's tough is like, I'm totally with you. I think any way you, you look at this schedule and you go through a pen and you go win loss win loss you try to even get creative and go well what if they would upset them right you kind of I try end to look up, at them in groupings of teams right. like in this chunk they'll go one and two in this chunk they'll but go isn't it kind of funny that right. even you coming at it all these different ways you kind of always arrive at seven and five and the thing that's tough is that makes you want to just say it's going to be seven and five but these things have a way of never playing out exactly right. how you think they're going to play out and I'm going to tell you right now, and I might be, I, we might all laugh at me in a week and at the end of the year. 
I I there there's this part of me that wants to say this team's going to go eight and four because I'm telling you the more I've thought the only thing that I've had you know as the season grows closer you kind of you've looked at this thing so long that you kind of don't have any new thoughts the only new thought I've had over the last week or two and it was after I talked to Jason Peter on my podcast. I walked away because I was already leaning this way. Shake, I think the defense is going to be pretty good. Now, I don't think they're going to be like a top 10 defense, but I think they're going to be pretty good. And I think it's hard to have a catastrophic season going 5 and 7, 4 and 8 if your defense with is defense. pretty with a good defense. Like I think yeah. it's way yeah. more likely if your offense is you know, if your if your offense is bad, then if your defense is bad, like if your defense is bad, that's when it's you fall apart. I I'm buying this defense, and so I I w- there's there's a part of me that wants to just have some cojones and mm-hmm. and predict eight and four, but man, every single ounce in me when I when I code through this thing, I come back at seven and five. But I would so, you know, so I would say I'm seven and five, leaning more eight and four than six and six. To be honest, it's funny. You go back to last year, the defense was okay. It wasn't great, but it was good enough to win games. They lose Northwestern because of a terribly timed turnover uh, at Northwestern. Should have won that game. The Iowa game could have won that game. Remember, there's a, there was a a muffed punt return from right? Cam Taylor Britt. The Minnesota game is one that you feel like, what? How did they lose How- that game? Right. How did that happen? So, but again, that's been the issue with Nebraska is, oh, coulda, shoulda, woulda, one possession games. They just don't win one possession games. They just don't. You feel like you flip the coin enough. It's going to land on what you call enough. And if your defense is better, the offense will be better this year. So I, I don't think your eight and four is outlandish at all. I don't think it's pie in the sky. I think it is realistic. But again, the margin is slim. And, and right? it's hard. And it's hard to, it's hard for me to make that leap when there's three years of evidence screaming, no, right? <laughs> like, there's three years of evidence of everything you just laid out of of management, sloppiness, penalties, details, all these things that make you not want to say and have confidence that they're going to go eight and four. But I really think, I really think this defense, you have a pretty damn good defense with a lot of fourth and fifth year guys. For the first time, Nebraska's had continuity within the staff for years. Guys have been in the system for years and you have a four year starter at quarterback, like on paper, blind resume. Right. There's a lot to like about this team. The only way they get to eight wins is if they win seven of their first nine. Yeah. And and that is if you say that out loud. Right, that's hard. You say, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought, whoa. Then it feels like a little pie in the sky simply because they haven't won seven of nine since fill in the blank. Right. So but I'm but I'm with you. I mean, I think, you know, we always get to this point. You say so you're saying there's a chance. So you're telling me there's a chance, and I think there's there is a chance, but here's the beauty of these predictions. We're gonna find out this Saturday. If it's possible. Yeah. You really are. Right. I mean, that's how much is in this. Yeah, I think we'll find out a lot. I mean, you you know, there's no doubt. There's a cliche, biggest improvement make week one, week two. And oftentimes, traditionally, teams do get better. But I think we'll have a good sense of, hey, how good are these running backs? They got anybody in there that can can 
that look the part? How good are these wide receivers? Do they have any semblance of a passing game down the field? Hey, we hear about this new Martinez. What's he? How good is he? And then we'll get a feel for like the special, all the areas of weakness. Have they been addressed at all? Which, by the way, I listened to your podcast. Uh, go ahead and down, download the Nick Ball podcast. You did a good, your top 15 things you're excited about. Yeah. And I was listening to it. And I couldn't help but think, I need to ask Nick this question. You listed all 15 of those things, and you used the word, um, things I'm excited for. How many of those things could you replace excited with concerned about? Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> all of them. Like, you're, like I know. it was more like interested, intrigued. Yeah, I didn't phrase it right. Can't wait to find out the answers to this. But it's, it's interesting that everything you listed, I'm like, I bet you most Husker fans are just wrecks about what that aspect yeah. is going to be you know what I mean? and and i think i think sometimes sometimes you can be excited to figure out if the concern is addressed or not does that make sense like i'm excited to see what the, if, if they've actually fixed their special teams you know i'm con- like i am yeah i'm concerned but i'm excited to see they right. if they've addressed a lot of these things and so i don't know man i just I kind of think this defense is going to be kind of good, dude. I I'm ju- I might be totally – we might laugh and laugh and laugh at this in a week, and we might laugh at this throughout the season. But I kind of think there's a chance this defense is going to be, going to be kind of tough. And I think the – really it comes down to just don't make it tough for, for the defense. That's it. I thought if they're Mitch- gonna, if If they're going to get beat, let them get beat. Don't help them get beat. I asked Mitch – a simple question. I thought his answer was like perfect. It was like the it was like the one of the best answers I've heard on Nebraska football in like months. Calm down. I simply asked him, "What's your confidence level for the defense being able to week in and week out lead Nebraska to a win, be solid, be good enough to win?" And he his answer was, "Well, it depends on how everything else is coached." on the team it depends and he brought up the 2010 team he goes the 2010 team basically that offense went into we're just gonna kind of be real safe and try to let the defense lead Nebraska to a win because that's the other reason I think because there could some people that could be screaming at this like Nick you think this defense is so good they weren't even that good last year and my answer to that is yeah okay how many defenses would have been good at all with that special team's which, what was your nugget? Nebraska was the third worst field position. Was that what it was? Yeah, yeah. Third worst field position. Have fun with that, defense. You have the third yeah. worst field position and an offense that averages 20 points per game. How, how good are you going to be when that's the case? Probably not very good. So I just think if they can get any sort of help, whether it be from an improved offense and improved special teams or a a a variance of how Scott Frost manages calling the offensive attack. What was the number, before we get to these songs here, yeah. what was the nugget that you had about turnover margin? I think you got it from Sam. Yep. What was the nugget there about turnover margin over the last five years? It was like Nebraska was minus 29 in turnover margin since 2015 or 2014. This is, yes, oh, here it is. You want it? Yeah. Because this, this really, it's funny how we talk about all this other stuff. This is it. Yeah. You want to know the stat of why Nebraska is where they're at. Here it is. This is from Sam McEwen's Rewind a couple of weeks ago. Nebraska turnover margin since 2014. So since Bo Pelini left and in comes three years, three years of Riley, three, three years of Frost. Nebraska turnover margin is minus 29 during that time. During that t- same time frame, Iowa is plus 45. 
Northwestern is plus 22. Minnesota is plus 14. And Wisconsin is plus 8. And that's in six seasons? That's in, so since 2014. So since in six seasons. I mean, that's significant. Like, you go from minus 29 to plus 45. I know you're getting the same amount of possessions, but you're essentially sacrificing one every time you turn the ball over. That difference, that is more than 60 possessions difference. You're giving, like Wisconsin, you're, you're saying uh, Iowa was plus 45, right? Correct. So plus 45, minus 29. Do the math on that. Crunch those numbers and think about over the last six seasons or whatever it is, you are totaling 60-plus fewer possessions. Unbelievable. And think about how games come down to a play here, a play there, not a possession or two here or a possession or two here. That's what it's coming down to. And so to me, it's as simple as hold out of the ball and get some takeaways and a lot of your problems get solved instead of magnified. It's pretty simple where you think about, and I know that this predates Frost, but Nebraska turnover margin minus 29 since 2014, and then also Frost in three years is 5-12 and 12 in games decided by one score or less. There you go. So it's almost kind of amazing. It's kind of amazing considering their turnover margin. Schick, that they've even been in 17 one-score games. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. amazing. The margin for error is slim. You need to minimize the errors. Totally. That's what you need to do. Speaking of errors, I don't know if we're going to have that here. So here, let me pull back the curtain a little bit here. Let's take a quick time out from this uh, award-winning slash ridiculous podcast to tell you about Dundee Bank. Because Dundee Bank is all about the community. And they are focused on small businesses in the heart of Omaha. And here's the thing, Shiki. When you bank with Dundee Bank, you feel good about it on a variety of fronts, mainly because nearly 100% of your deposits are filtered back into the community through loans that support local individuals, businesses, and neighborhood revitalizations. They are all about trying to build a strong community foundation, boost the economy, strengthen small businesses, all that good stuff. One of the frustrating things about banks is, and I've had this in the past, where you receive, you look at your statement and said, what, I was charged $15 for what? For not having X amount of money in my account? What business is it of yours? Well, how about this? Open a personal checking account. There is no minimum balance requirement. There's no monthly fees. Uh, You can open a personal savings account as well. Money market account, platinum money market account. They have certificates of deposit available as well. Open an account, update your transactions. Be delighted when you switch to Dundee Bank. Join some of the happiest customers in Omaha. Locations in Dundee, Blackstone, and Little Bohemia on South 13th Street. DundeeBanking.com is where you can find them. Dundee Bank, member FDIC. So Nick and I talked about doing songs, and we're like, okay, what are we going to do here? And then family kind of gets in the in the way. You're just busy with yeah. stuff, and, and so you don't have as much time to think about it. We used to, before we started our first show together, we spent that first week before our first show just doing a song. Like, we didn't even really practice. Practice. What are we doing? Practicing our, our shows? Come Please. on. You know, show's going to be right. what it is. So we were doing the, the, the Wiz in My Pants song, which you can find on YouTube. Uh, one that we're both proud of and ashamed of in the, same, in the same breath. But it's one of our greatest hits. And then we would do that every year. We would do a different song. And the pump-up song, Empire, uh, Big Red State of Mind, Amazing. is one online that you can find. So... This year we said, well, let's do the song, and we couldn't think of anything. And then I thought of something, 
and then I was going to throw it to you. But I'm like, hey, let's just see how it works. And so I did it myself. And I was like, hey, do you want to sing a couple of these lyrics? And then you bounced back and said, yeah, I, I like that. But uh, what about this song? And I said, well, just do it. Right. Just do what you're going to do. And then you responded later in the day. And I'm thinking, when are these lyrics going to come in? Because I want to put this stuff together. Then you said, I did two songs. I, well, here's the thing. You're so creative. Here's the problem. You're so creative that I feel like I need to have two songs against your one song. I have to double team your song in the post. We right. cannot we cannot play single coverage. <laughs> I got to have two songs against your you, one song. You okay. can't be on an island no. with my you kid song. me. Okay. Can't All right. Do that. I do want to play I just finished up before we started recording with your songs and I think they are really good. <laughs> and my lack my confidence about my song has gone down exponentially uh -oh. since I heard yours and then I put a little put some things together here you have not heard how your songs this is going to be the first time you've heard all three of these okay yep. let's hear first which one do you want to hear first you I pick I think the song that is going to resonate the most with the listeners is my smash mouth okay parody all right here we go. Here is Nick Baugh, the first song uh, that he has for you. I think you're going to like it. It's not a current song, but it is a hit song. Let's listen together. Tom Osborne once showed me the way Nebraska could be. I hope the glory years aren't dead. We are feeling kind of dumb cause the Kool-Aid we all chugged and we haven't even been to a bowl game. Well, the years start coming but the winds aren't coming. It took three years just to get the ball running. Didn't make sense on why we still stunk. Riley's gone and we still can get it done. So much to do, so much to clean. How about working on the special teams? We'll never win if we can't throw. We'll never score if a flag's thrown. Scott Frost, you're in year four, get the team to go play. Scott Frost, you're in year four, get the team to a bowl game. And I know the schedule is tough, but the black shirts are good enough. Martinez in a good place, and he got a year older. Marquee step, carry the rock like a boulder. The running backs are a little quicker, and Cam Jurgens even got a little thicker. Jojo Domain likes to sack and strip. Cam Taylor Britt searching for a pick six. Need a wide receiver to make a play. I'd like to introduce you to Samari Torre. Scott Frost, you're in year four. Get the team to go play. Scott Frost, you're in year four. Get the team to a full game. And I know the schedule is tough, but the black shirts are good enough. <laughs> okay. Okay, are you ashamed of? Are you ashamed of me? Are you proud to be my friend? I, are you? I mean, I what? I like the big. The thing I liked most about our songs when we worked together is the number of names you throw in there. I like the fact that the name, some of the names you threw in, we haven't even seen play yet. <laughs> Marquee step, carrying it like a boulder. Who knows how many carries he's going to get? Play, dog. Right. You might not even play, but let's throw him in uh, the pump up. You Samari know? Torre. Hey, can I can I help you out though, or can I give you a shout out? Thank you for adding a little something-something in the post-production to save my singing voice on the one little... There's one little part 
one little part at the end of the chorus where you know it's, it becomes abundantly clear that I cannot sing. So I thank you for that, my friend. Put some echo in that, yes. I know the schedule is tough, but the black shirts are good enough. <laughs> Save me. Hey, that was good. Save me. So I appreciate that. Okay. Now, this one. Now, now, now. Now, now, now. Now, well, now, now. Now, now, now. You were successful in doing this. I was successful in going back to the 90s. And they are successful in doing that. <laughs> now, now, you did this one here. This took me a while. The tracks just kept coming. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This I is know. longer than I, I anticipated. Know. Okay. This one went long. I apologize for everybody. But I apologize. But it's good. This is song number two from Nick Baugh about 2021 hype up song. I think you're going to enjoy this one too. Salute. Here we go.
Here comes Scott Frost Huskers. And we got Trev Alberts. Got to get to a bowl game. Still love you like that. Here comes Scott Frost Huskers. And we got Trev Alberts. Got to cut out the penalties. Still love you like that. Here comes Scott Frost Huskers. And we got Trev Alberts. Shout out to the Black Shirts. Still love you like that. Hey, go, go, Big Red. Go, go, Big Red. Go, go, Big Red. <laughs> way too long, right? I mean, that's amazing. It's just way, way too long. Why did that happen? There's no reason that should have ever happened. So bad. I love so, how I'm a little, I'm almost a little Jamaican. <laughs> It's a little Jamaican. <laughs> we got the travel, so, but Bill Moose is out in the area. <laughs> the, my favorite part of the entire thing is you saying, <laughs> is you saying Bill Moose is out of the area. Uh let me see if I can find it here. Bill Moose is out of the area. <laughs> Bill Moose is out of the area. Bill, Bill Moose, Moose is out, is out of the area. area. <laughs> Bill Moose is out of the area. That was so... Oh, it's so good. bad. I'm so embarrassed. It's hard to be embarrassed by yourself, but I'm embarrassed right now. I was embarrassed when I was writing these... <laughs> Um, no, that's so bad. I, I'm sorry. I just, I just love that part. And yeah, I had to insert the murderer yeah, a bunch was, of times. That was the part that took a while, but it added to it. You're right. It makes, it, it it makes a big difference it. without it, you know? Bill Moose is out. Here comes Scott Ross Huskers. And we got Trev Albert. Bill Moose is out of the area. <laughs> that's a great... I'm most, part, I'm most proud of... You better know, Jojo. Frost know what Bo don't know. You better know, Jojo. Frost know what Bo don't know. That's good. That's, good. that's my favorite part, personally. You did have a Jamaican. Oh, the uh, whole time. I'm Jamaican today. All right, so give me, this give is me. weird because you did like some good 90s stuff. Yeah. I went current. I was like, okay, let me see some kind of, not necessarily hip-hop, but something that the kids are listening to nowadays. Yeah. And I heard this song and I was like, well, this is, this is interesting. And then you hear a couple of words and like, well, maybe you yeah, can play yeah. with this. So let me give it to me. I'm wa- I've been waiting. I've been waiting. All I- you sent me the song, not your song, but the original song. And I've been just, I've been intrigued. All right. Here's uh, the third and final song and my only song. And it's, it's not, not too meaty, but um, we'll see if we see if we like. Let's get down, let's get down to business Give you one more year, one more year to get this We've had a million, million seasons just like this So let's get down, let's get down to business We won nine a year with Bopolini But with Frost, we are 12 and 20 Time for us to compete in the Big Ten West so let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business. 
Not sure how many more seasons I can do this. Feels like a million years since we were in the mix. I'm fed up. So let's get down, let's get down to business. I believe we can win at least six. As long as our offense and special teams are not a mess. We need to see much more out of Adrian Martinez. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's ride the defense with Cam Taylor Britt. May need to slow it down, let the defense win it. It's been a while since we've been relevant. I'm fed up. Time to play in the postseason. Are you kidding me? It happens to Nebraska all the time. This is wrong, people. Wrong. show up every game time for the team to do the same don't let that illinois game get away so let's get down let's get down to business let's go win let's go win at least six not sure how much more my husker heart can take this in november can we please still be in the mix at the very least let's go win six Let's go out, let's go out and win six. If we don't start three and no, I might forget this. We've had a million seasons with us out of the mix. I'm fed up. So let's go out and go win at least six. Yeah. This is Big Red Football. Okay, hold on. <laughs> you had a secret weapon in Greg Sharp, which was unbelievably well-placed and well-done. And then the fact that you had, like, three different voices. Yeah, I had like, there's a little Kermit the Frog there where I can't sing, so you have right. to kind of, like, get the frog in your throat. But that sounded great. Yeah, oh. listen. <laughs> so that was... Uh, I. I just heard of that song like a month ago, and um, here's the thing: your your song. If we're if if we're sticking this in a time capsule, and people wanted to have a good sense of exactly, hey, what was the mood like? Like it's 2092, and someone's like, well, how are how are Husker fans feeling about the 21, 2021 season heading into it?" Your song captures that better than mine. Mine are dumb. Yours no, are accurate. I, you, yours were more lyrically gifted eh. than mine. Like mine was, I think my, what mine did was it was a it was like the mix between a pump up song and I'm so sick and tired of where we are. Halfway through, halfway through my Smash Mouth All Star, after the first verse, I was like, "Whoa, hold on, I gotta I gotta liven this up a little bit because the whole first, the whole first part is just like explaining how bad things have been." You know, think about how we've come. We did a I smell ten and four. And now uh, we're doing a let's go win at least six games. Like, if you want an indication sad. of how far this program has fallen, Chick. the it, chorus is let's go win at least six. It's a pump up song. <laughs> a pump up song. And we're talking about going to a bowl game. A bowl game would be uh, exciting. Wouldn't right. It? Would it? Oh, man, that's right. You know? You know what? You, if the whole goal 
is to capture the mood, <laughs> you win. Okay, I'll just leave it. Well, at that. I sal- I salute you because when I'm I'm putting yours uh, with the music together, I'm thinking I did not put this much effort into the lyrics. So I salute you because <laughs> you painted a picture. I was uh, a bad getting, dad today. Yeah, other than and, uh, being at Mavis <laughs> soccer game, I said I got I gotta go. To- well, I was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I, I'm writing Smash Mouth All-Star or a parody to it. She's like, oh, God. What? No, that was good. Um, man, a, a few songs there. We'll, we'll put them on the poll. I think it'll be a dead. I think it'll be a close race. I do, too. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if you're. I, I thought your All-Star was going to be the better of your two. But then when we listened to it, I actually thought your Hot Stepper was even catchier. I don't know. I, I'm kind of torn. Hot Stepper's too long. That feels quite a bit longer, doesn't it? Yeah, it feels a lot longer. It's like a movie that was too long that needed to trim about 45 minutes off of it. (laughs) I needed to trim. I didn't need to do the chorus like six more times, but I just enjoyed doing the the Trev Alberts, and we got Trev Alberts. Bill Moose Moose is out of the area. Here comes Scott Frost Huskers, and we got Trev Alberts. Bill Moose is out of the area. Bill Moose is out of the area by far is the best, best little snippet of any of the three songs. It's not even close. Oh. And the fact that you did a Jamaican type of accent, it, it's either going to win a Grammy or you're going to HR. Like one of the one two. Of the There's two. no middle ground. I mean, they're going to be just going to be a, a memorialized in one way or the bad or good. I'm not sure. Uh. Well, uh, all right, work, you're eight friend. and four. I'm yeah. seven and five, and I think we're three for three on the song. That's so it. Uh, appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. We always look forward to the week of the season to get these songs out to you, and uh, we hope it was worth the wait. We've uh, it's been about uh, what since 2011 since we did our last. It's been wow. ten years since we did our last right. Husker pump up songs because right. 2012 we were you know unceremoniously we How departed from one another. Right before we were going to get a That's song right. together, so 2011 that? was our was our last song. Yeah, yeah. decade, baby. We're back. We're back. That was, be- that was it. That was it. We're back. And uh, thanks for being with us. Uh, email us laugh at chickennick.com. Follow us on Twitter at chickennickshow. And uh, this podcast is over, and the season is just beginning. I'm not happy about that. Chickennick, yeah. Nick, yeah. Chickennick show, yeah. Here we go. Yes! Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yes! Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yes! Bill Moose is out of the area! This is Big Red Football. A Huda Media Production.